Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Perfect timing. Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of the Kindle award-winning novel Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as the recently released Pretty Ugly and the Hotel series. Joining me today, as always, is my Vox Vomitus vixen, co-host with the mostest, co-hostess with the mostest. I shouldn't have added anything to the intro. Alison Martine, author of the bourbon books, which include Dibs, Since September, and Move on Melinda. Today, our guest is Monica Byrne, the author of the very recently released, and I'm going to heave this up here. You have the actual book. I do. I had a PDF. The actual book (laughs) of the actual star. Even though I have the actual book, it's water damage from my move. So I was listening to the audiobook. <laughs> the audiobook is but I wanted I people listening. to just like see the girth of it. Welcome Monica. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. And yeah, it's it's a thick book. It it is a chunky boy as was pointed out to me. <laughs> He's a chunky boy. Um by various I, readers. I should bring this to my mother's house because she has a very chunky 25 pound cat and just like place it next to the 25 pound cat for size comparison yes, yes. for Tom both the cat and Tom. and the book so people will be like whoa that cat is huge and i'll be like <laughs> that book is like 650 pages also that's huge. that's also huge so monica thank you for being here tell our viewers a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the epic that is the actual star just keep doing that bit and it gets harder and harder to heave up every time you do it considering how out of shape i am (laughs) (laughs) so uh my name is monica byrne i i'm based in durham north carolina and um i have been a science fiction writer a playwright and now freshly a screenwriter uh, for 15 years. Yeah, I know. Well, I, ju- I just started, which is super exciting. Oh, um, but Sorry. I moved to Durham 15 years ago to uh, become a writer. I was leaving graduate school because graduate school was, I wanted to be an astronaut. Uh, so I grew up wanting to be an astronaut. <laughs> uh, I decided at 14 that I was going to be the first person on Mars and um, just spent the next 10 years in pursuit of that goal, very single-mindedly. And then in grad school, I just ran into a wall and I was just like, I hate this. I I don't enjoy research. Uh, I enjoy the improv class that I'm taking. I enjoy theater. I enjoy writing for the school newspaper, you know, and why can't I just let myself- Why can't any of those things happen on Mars? Well, <laughs> there's no improv. On Mars. So true. <laughs> <laughs> right. The first Martian book club. There's an idea. Um, but yeah. So I moved to North Carolina, moved to Durham to start writing. And that was 15 years ago. And it's gone pretty well, even with a lot of bouts of hell. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Can we call those bouts of hell? I don't need I don't even know what to call them. Years of despair or yeah. uh, the, 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 like the dark the lean months, years, the lean yes. years, the hungry years, the, the potato it, famine, the, slew, the slews of despair, the slew, slew of despair, S L O U G H. I know I'm quoting something, but I forget what I'm I quoting. have no idea. 
<laughs> yes. I'm just going to say, I think we should just like commit to it. Like it's a total fact and be like, yeah, that's James Joyce. <laughs> Dante. Yeah. Dante says. Is correcting us in the comments right now. Hey, there are no <laughs> comments correcting us. Therefore we're correct. They're Googling oh, okay. it right we're now going, it. how did you spell slews of despair? <laughs> uh, and then they're like grabbing their cocktail. They're Honestly, like, oh. to me, that it sounds like Dr. Seuss, the slews and the groups <laughs> went down to their. <laughs> to their. <laughs> Let's go with that. Oh, it's, no, they're, they're, it's filled with despair. The slews are sniffing glues. <laughs> they have the <laughs> book blues. If it really is like Dante or like who else? Herodotus or something. They're rolling in their grave right now. And good. You know what? Good. Yeah. Good. Good. They deserve oh. that. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Um, so I can't believe you wanted to be an astronaut for like a hot minute. I wanted to be an astronaut when I was like four or five when I saw space camp. <laughs> we all wanted to go to space camp. I think we all wanted to go to space camp. I wanted to go to space camp with like a young Joaquin mm-hmm. Phoenix because he was in that movie. Which Oh my God. God. He's like the little boy in it. And I wish I didn't know that, but he was my movie boyfriend for many years. Yes. I, I think we all had a movie boyfriend. We um, still have movie boyfriends. I, oh. Well, yes, also. But your first is your most special, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck on the whole, okay, so you want to go to Mars. I'm going to bring back the book because nobody goes to Mars in your book, even though it's a book called The Actual Star. One of the things I just loved about the fact that we've got a book set three that well 3000 so not 3000 years in the future but a thousand years from now is that we're not in space so spoiler alert we are not in space you didn't even get to have people go to mars in your book spoiler and, alert we're in belize which is one of my favorite places <laughs> we've actually both been to belize, we've both been to belize. We, we might be the only co-hosts who are ever going to interview you who aren't in Belize who are like, I've been to Belize. I know all the bad tourist Belize jokes. It's unbelievable. And yes. my tour guide telling us the whole time, it's iguana. No, it's chicken. You're eating chicken. No, it's iguana. Just kidding. It's I, um, I it our entire meal. My tour guide in the jungle was like, you don't have to worry about anything except the puma and all the bugs. And I was like... <laughs> And all bugs. And all the and bugs. Okay, wait, wait. But where were you? Now I have to know. I was out I was outside Gallon Jug okay. for a few weeks at a research station in the jungle. And then I was on um K, uh Key Cocker or K Cocker, however you want to say it, for oh like a week snorkeling mm-hmm. and getting like licked to death by their like random wild dogs. Yep. Yeah. So I have to look to see where, where we ported because I was on a cruise. We we were actually on a cruise during Katrina. So like we were we were completely out of the loop. And I come back and my friend picks me up and he's like, Oh, by the way, New Orleans is gone. Um, which apparently wasn't true, but we he was worried that we were in the path of it on a boat, but we were far enough south by the time things were coming in, but we were coming in and out of Key West. Um yeah. and then, you know, I think, where were we? Orlando? I don't even remember where we started, but when I was in Belize, we only docked there for one day. So we did one excursion and I went cave tubing. So I've actually been through waters in caves in Belize. I'm like, I don't think this is the same as what Leah and Javier. I've been in a cave under a Mayan ruin filled with bats. There were no bats in mine. Was that Lamanai? 
No, it was uh, something with an M. Uh, I don't even know. I should I should know. I should remember. But there was also really good beer in Belize. Bellicans. The Bellicans. Bellicans. You're in your book a lot. Uh, get to the Bellicans. Here we go. Yeah, this is more more beer. It's good. Or yeah. she's too young. Uh, you're fine here. It's fine. I know. And <laughs> I was too young when I was there. That's why I was like, I barely remember anything because I was like, I can buy beer? <laughs> so I will. There's a shout out to that. There's a scene where, where Leah wants to drink a, or no, Javier wants to buy her a beer and she's like, I'm too young. And you're like, he's like, not, not here. here. <laughs> yeah, here you go. So why did you choose Belize? I have to ask because so, it was just so exciting that Allison and I had both been there. <laughs> it is. I, and I didn't know that. That's so exciting for me to learn. Um, So my mother uh, in the 60s in 1963 moved to Belize uh, to teach for a year. Um, she was part of the Papal Volunteer Corps, which is like um, uh, sort of like the Peace Corps, but like the Catholic version. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And so she was teaching there at a school in Belize City. And she just, you know, it was a life defining time for her. It just and and she loved the country. She came to love the country so, so, so much. And she never got to go back before she died um yeah (laughs) um and you're killing us monica you're killing us well it it definitely sucks i mean i uh she died at 60 so so really young uh from a brain tumor and she never got to go back so i was going for her um and i wanted to go you know i i assumed that i would go and i would sort of see the places that she loved the places she had taught and um just you know never come back <laughs> you know I, I would just sort sort of like fulfilled my my filial duty as a daughter and um made this pilgrimage in her honor and then actually that trip I was going to spend three weeks in Belize and then three weeks in Costa Rica and I was like oh you know Costa Rica is so much more well known and so much more well traversed um by travelers and so I'll probably enjoy it more and it was the exact opposite I just I, it's, it's uncanny to talk about, but I just felt very, it, I don't want to say I felt at home because there is a lot of neo-colonial, uh, shade yep. to that. <laughs> I, I will but say. But it's okay it felt, to say that you felt a connection. It felt, it felt familiar. Yeah. It felt very, that. very familiar. And uh, so you yeah. drew on a lot of that, even with Leah and oh, yes. and the tour guides talking about when people come here and them saying, oh, I feel this connection. It's like, you just got off a plane. You know nothing. Exactly. You are, you are going through something right now. Yeah. And that is a question I was constantly asking myself. Like, are, do you have like white girl fever? <laughs> where, you know, I, you see, are just, I feel yeah. like I had white girl fever when I went there because I went there when I was in high school, it was the first time I'd left the country besides Canada. And I went there and I I did have one of those, like, there's a whole different world that I know nothing about. I, you know, I, I, I did things I never thought I was going to do, like slide down a waterfall and climb (laughs) up a Mayan ruin, have a panic attack and have to have somebody like, kind of like guide me down while I scooted down on my butt. Yeah. But I mean, I lived through it. Like, (laughs) You're fine. <laughs> fine. I find. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the cool thing. Those temples um, were built to overwhelm you and to induce panic attacks. <laughs> well, <laughs> like in people yes, exactly. it works. Good job, Mayans. Yeah. Yeah. You did yeah. it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was like, why did I climb up this thing? I know yeah. I'm scared of heights. Thousand years later, still panic inducing. Still panic inducing. Exactly. And there are a lot that you're not even allowed up because they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're dangerous. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they're also crumbling, but just like they were built for a reason and they were built to allow only certain kinds yeah. of people onto it. You they know? definitely they're were not built elite. for hungover high school kids. <laughs> <laughs> to like climb up these narrow, I'll loose term staircases to the top and then have them like take pictures and then like somehow traverse down in like 90% humidity and it's 110 degrees and we're from New Hampshire. Yeah. Like yeah, it, yeah, th- yeah. they were not built for that. Yeah. And like well, looking back now, I'm always like, oh my gosh, well, I was I, terrible. I think- I take my fair share of pot shots at tourists in the book. (laughs) Which I love. (laughs) Always make fun of tourists. I make fun of myself when I'm a tourist. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that thing. Yes. Like, just sorry, people. Well, what I I found myself doing and what I find myself doing whenever I travel is, um, is being extremely critical of other tourists, especially white tourists in my head. Um, and distancing myself from them. And I'm sure that is me projecting my own fears about how I am how you're about being there, period. Yeah. yeah. Um, but about what my presence means, how tourism is a form of neocolonialism. And it's not that like it, it's complicated, right? You know, the um Belize's, I think, second biggest industry is tourism. And so, you know, the the whole country depends on that revenue. Um, But I don't know if all of them would choose for it to be that way. No. You know, so. And I feel like when I was there, I had two such different experiences. Like, of course, I had like, you know, two nights in Belize City, which was just like overwhelming and weird. I loved Belize City. Oh, my God. I loved it because (laughs) there was like cockroaches the size of crabs like uh-huh. in the gutters and to me I was like that is the craziest thing I've ever seen huh. so this was the 90s uh-huh so it's like so long ago oh right right um, <laughs> those were ancient cockroaches ancient cockroaches <laughs> so I had that and then you know I had like the island time which I felt was like kind of touristy and then we literally were at a research station like tagging trees for part mm-hmm. of it and had guides that had Mayan were like, Oh, I am Mayan descent. They only hire Mayan descent guides. Like we're doing this. And we would just like walk around at night with like our flashlights off and just like wait for the animals to come and just be near them. Yeah. That's I don't know. Amazing. I don't know how we got away with doing this. Cause again, we were minors. Our parents <laughs> let us do this. Let's go to this like country where you can drink. Know? <laughs> I went with, I shouldn't like out this, but it's like we went with students for environmental action. So it uh-huh. seemed, and there were teachers mm-hmm. there and, mm-hmm. and a couple cooler of the parents. Mm-hmm. Got it. I I mean, but <laughs> yeah, Belize is, put it this way. No, I don't want to say Belize is particular in this case, but there are certain situations where lines can become blurred and that's not a good thing. (laughs) It's not a good thing at all Um, in most cases and especially in cases involving minors. Uh, And that's one reason why I was very careful to make Leah 19 years old. Yes. (laughs) I am a legal adult when I'm doing these things and with these men and hello. 
Yes. Yeah. He yeah. did not pull any punches in some of those scenes. So readers yeah. who are like, oh, I don't want to read about anything sexual. Sorry. Well, yeah, then don't. She's not a child. So it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> like, yeah. I liked reading it. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. If, if anyone knows anything about, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I get really impatient with people who uh, hate on a book just because it contains something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, because they immediately conflate that with the author um, endorsing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. for example, there there's a scene in uh, The Girl on the Road, my first novel, of child abuse. Mm-hmm. And um, the people who have very strong reactions to it um, say they're really disturbed by the scene. And I'm like, you should be. But sometimes you're supposed you're to be. <laughs> I, and, yeah. and that's, you know, I, I put it in because it is an incredibly disturbing scene. And it's told from the point of view of a young girl who never understood that it was abuse. Mm-hmm. Never understood. So, and, that, and those things are so, so important. Common. It's so common. Did you, so common. when you were writing something like that, I, I write, I think, you know, Allison and I both write darker and stranger things at times. Not stranger things, a show. Um, <laughs> I, you know, unless they're hiring. So right. we're willing. Um, <laughs> But sometimes Oops, I, I think <laughs> sometimes like, do you struggle with writing those like darker things? Do you have to write out a bunch of drafts and throw them away? Or do you just like let it come out of you and then you allow it to be there? I have a hard time gauging the darkness of my own scenes. I really do because I am so uh, conversant with the darker parts of myself that I forget that others are not <laughs> conversant with the darker parts of themselves. I shouldn't and- have clapped at that. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> no, 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 but I understand what you're saying. Because, you, know, you, you can go darker because there's no shock value for you because you're already aware of it. You're already familiar with it, but someone else, they're going to be reading it for the first time. And even just the tip of that might be a bit for them. So yes. like what you're saying that totally. makes sense. So that's when you need to have your beta readers go, uh, Monica. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, it this is. might be too much. Like maybe don't do that. And well, cause you but, also never know what's triggering to people. Right. Yes. And that's why I put a trigger warning right in the beginning. I put a trigger warning that said this scene, that this book contains multiple scenes of self-cutting and the characters themselves don't understand it as self-harm. They understand it in a spiritual ritual religious yeah. context but still it's super triggering you know <laughs> yeah. your time out in the terms of the actual star has the, the cutting because yeah. that was that was something that comes up re- repeatedly like that that didn't feature the child abuse so earlier you were talking about your first the book and then trigger warning for that yeah. and I, I know that i'd seen at least one review where someone's like oh there's, there's cutting in here. It's like, okay, then clearly you didn't see the warning if you're putting it in a review and are bothered by it. And honestly, the way you handled it to, to me was, was very respectful and very like, you weren't glorifying it, but you also weren't giving it some kind of pass for like, oh, well it's spiritual. So therefore it's okay. Or saying you should go try this too. Well, I, I feel like what I'm saying is that this act has different cultural contexts and, and this act's been around for for a very long time longer than 
hot topic person. in goth girls, yes. you know? Totally. Well, and, and then, no, go oh, ahead. I, I was going to say, um, an, another thing about writing very dark scenes is, um, I, I tend to write them in a very straightforward matter of fact way. Yeah. And if, um, there, there was a thread recently on, on screenwriter Twitter, uh, about a script that someone had re rejected because there were just extremely disturbing scenes of like chil children in sexual situations. And um, this guy was saying like, the way it was written was supposed to be like pedophiles are bad, but it went into such detail about how pedophiles are bad that it was clearly, you know, some kind of acting out on, on the part of the writer. And so um I mean, I, I don't have to try hard to write these scenes in a matter of fact way, but I, I am super careful. Like I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> like I'm not yes. enjoying writing this. I am, uh, there's a scene of, I, I don't think this is a huge spoiler, uh, but there's a scene of human sacrifice uh, that's pretty early on in, in the book. And um, someone close to me texted me and said, they, they wish they could unsee it. They, they wish they could unread it. And, you know, in a, in a way that was just saying like, wow, this was really effective. And you know, that, that makes me feel good. <laughs> it's okay. That's okay to say. That's yeah, okay to say. say. And I will say yeah. how you handled it. So I previously had read a book and I won't say who wrote it or anything. Is it my book? No. <laughs> okay. Um, but it, it, it dealt ex extensively with, it was actually the Aztec culture okay. and it did downright glorify not human sacrifice in a lot of different ways things were done. And the book was probably about, about as big as yours. And mm. there was just so much throughout the whole book. <sighs> pretty much. Yeah. It was, it was painful. And I, I had a real problem with it you still handled the same subjects, but in such a different way and getting into some of the things that you'd said earlier about points of view, you've got three different points of view across three different millennia. Only one of them had human sacrifice in it. So it wasn't like we were dwelling in it the whole time. Yeah. I was going to say, this is the beauty of multiple POV when it's like, oh, they just then switch. And, yeah, switch. Yeah, yeah. and I was the improv say, class going and scene. It's like, great. <laughs> yes. But um, no, and I was going to say, so your, your book is this big, but so I had it as a PDF copy. That's how they were able to get me a reader. So I'd be prepared before we got to talk to you. I didn't realize it was even that long because it didn't read that long. It read very quickly. And I think the fact that I was going between the millennia helped because I was never in one for very long before. It's like, oh, now we're back to Leah and okay, now we're in the future. Oh, now we're back to the twins and their little sister and it's a Jaguar. And what's happening with that Jaguar? That that's pretty different. Okay. So we can move on so quickly. So anybody who's looking at that book going, Oh my gosh, I can't I I got through it in just a couple you, days. You flew through it. Oh, and I will say I didn't I didn't finish it yet, but I'm listening to the audiobook, even though I have this, but like sometimes I'm saving my eyeballs for certain books because we <laughs> we multiple read oh, books. Understood. And I was like, okay, so I'm gonna listen to this one. Uh -huh. And listening to it, I like when I opened it, I'm like, oh my God, it's 22 hours. Uh oh, that's a lot of working out because that's usually when I listen to my audiobook. <laughs> right. I know, I'm like, oh crap, I'm going to have to work out for 22 hours. I'm like, I can work You're out for 22 hours. Yes. I didn't work out for, so I'm not done. No, it's okay. Where are you? 
But now um, I need to ask you, where are you? Oh, I'm like a little bit before the halfway mark. But I love okay. hearing the word. I'm like shabuba, like shabuba, shabalba. Yes, it's that. Yeah, I was, I was like, but I looked it up, and my Google Translate was saying it with this, and I'm like, that's not. That's not how I would have learned. But to, to be fair, I don't have any of that background. My, my Spanish is, mm, but that's where I learned some of these words, like the Nahatl, that kind of stuff. Oh, and okay. I, my mom took classes in pre-Columbian and Chicano art. And so some of those words were in my house growing up too. Oh, but I would hear the X is a sh, not a s. Oh, it is? It, it is. Yeah, I looked it up on Google Translate and it was saying Silbalba. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like spelled it out weird phonetically. And I'm like, I want to have an animal and name it. And, and Allison's like, what word is that? And I'm like, it's this. And she's like, oh, Google Translate said it was. Yeah. No, and I, yeah, you were saying that. I'm like, mm. well, so one of the interesting things that you do throughout this is you play fast and loose with language, including not using English. <laughs> and I, I just, <laughs> the easiest part for me to read was actually the ancient Mayan stuff because you were only using English other than names or specific words. Right. And then in the future, you were using a lot of Spanish, which I, of which I don't that. know. I could do the Spanish. So I was, okay. I was fine. And then I found out. Allison's like, how's good? Your, how good's your Spanish? I'm like, it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. So I, I got through, I didn't even know there was a glossary at the end. So for people who are looking like, oh, there's a glossary at the end for the, the future scenes are in Spanish. I had the hardest time with the present because I don't speak Creole pigeon. And I had to say those out loud. So instead of reading them, I actually had to sit there reading the dialogue. And so anybody who was watching me is like, what is she doing? I'm like, I'm speaking pigeon. Okay, hold on. That's what I wanted you to do. Somebody pointed this out on Twitter is that, um, so what, what Leah's experience of watching that conversation is like, it, it's mostly one uh, conversation on Burns Avenue in San Ignacio. It's it's like, guides you know, and they're talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like shit talking, and mm-hmm. you know they're they're just and talking about dirty things. And <laughs> Leah is fascinated, and she is listening in. And her experience is, and my experience of listening to Creole is that if I concentrate very hard, I okay. can figure out what they're saying, or I can figure out the gist of what they're saying. From um, body language, from context, inflection. Yes, exactly. And and that is the experience of just like almost understanding that I wanted English speakers to have. And also, like, if you, there, there was one reviewer who said like they were in tears because there was Creole in it, and I was just like, then don't read a book set in Belize. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like in tears, like that. You're embracing the Creole culture or in tears because they are like, I can't read this. They were in tears because they, they were frustrated that they couldn't read it. Well, you know, these are the things we've, we talk about this openly on our show of like, mm-hmm. we've talked to so many authors. We talk to each other constantly mm-hmm. and say, like when you get those reviews that blatantly kind of like ignore what's written on the back of the book and the blurb and ignore the fact that it's like there is a glossary which i know isn't i will say this listening to the audiobook they were like download this glossary and i was like <laughs> i heard that it's That's before nice. it and i still was like i don't think i'm gonna need the glossary and then like i very quickly was like oh, shit i should have gotten the why glossary. didn't i get the glossary and then i'm like oh wait i have the book 
And then I'm like, yeah. oh, it's all water damaged from the move. And I'm like, oh, the glossary. And I'm on the exercise bike. I just send it to you in PDF. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> she sent it to me. I was, was going to even say like some of this stuff, once I figured out like the key to it, and this is even going into the Spanish because the Spanish in the future is not exactly Spanish because it's the Spanish kind of blended with some of the futuristic ways of doing things like using an X instead of like the, how you play with gender is a huge part of this, especially in the future. And so it took me way too long. I was very slow in the uptake that N I N X is child, but it's not Nino or Nina. It's just N I N X and it's gender neutral. And I'm just like, I am a moron. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Like, I mean, it's, it's not oh, necessarily obvious. <laughs> there were, and that was, I think that was always Minx, but, mm-hmm. um, there were, I, I was making revisions to those neologisms right up through the final pass. <laughs> your editor must have killed you. Like, what are you I know what you're going to say. So, like, what is your relationship like with your editor? And how long was the first draft of this? The first draft. Like, did you which cut first stuff? Draft? <laughs> which first draft? These are the words. This is why our show is called Vox Vomitus, which is like fake Latin for word vomit. Because we're like, uh, yeah. we want to know, like, what was cut out? More storylines. No, 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 no. Definitely not. The the, the appendix was the Encyclopedia Britannica from the future. Well, the glossary is, I I don't know how many words it is, but the acknowledgments is 6,000 words. You you thanked all of your Patreons. Is that right? Because I was like, going, you're thanking every single person who's ever given you a dime, and that is amazing. Yes, I have, because they saved my ass. Um, so what happened, and this sort of goes back to, to your question, Jennifer, um, I, so in 2016, I had finished the first timeline, the ancient Maya timeline, uh, and it was its own novel and I called it the nameless days and That's we were great going name. To it. yeah, right. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> we were going to pitch it as the first of a trilogy. And the trilogy would be, you know, the 2012 and the 3012. And so, yeah, it, you, it was going to be a trilogy of three separate books. Um, and we submitted it. And, you know, that's not uncommon to, to submit a trilogy that way. We submitted it and editors, like to a person, said something along the lines of, this is amazing. We just can't we just can't back it right now. Like we can't, we don't have the faith. We can't see the whole thing. And I had, um, I, I mean a breakdown, but the it slews, the slews. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Had a case of the slews. Um, thank you, I spent Dante. About a day. Yeah, exactly. I, I spent about a day or two like curled up in my bed. Um, because also I was out of money. I was totally out of money and then deeply in debt because I had just spent the last, uh, <laughs> what like four years up until then uh researching it right um well wait you said you didn't like researching which is why you didn't go to mars no 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 different kind of research different kind of research very different (laughs) column chromatography in the service of figuring out the isotope composition no thank you no stop stop it monica no (laughs) i went to school for theater my brain isotope (laughs) Mm-hmm. I checked I out. 
if, if it's research in the service of telling a good story, I will research my ass off. I will research until the cows come home. Like I just, and, and I have to stop myself from doing too much research, you know, because then it, it starts can't to all get in there anyway. Well, it, it can't. And it co- becomes a form of procrastination. Yeah. But, um, uh, what was I talking about? Well, you were saying, okay, so you were out of money. You were, you were spending yes, out of money. You were in the sloughs, <laughs> in your bed, fetal position with the sloughs. <laughs> exactly. Which is like and, this. Um, yes. I was in the fetal <laughs> position and then I uncurled and I just drew up a plan. I was like, okay, I need to start driving for Lyft and Uber because that is the fastest way that I can no start. No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I went, so I already had a Patreon. And I just went to Facebook and just said, hey, everybody, here is the situation. Uh, We submitted. Everybody said no. Uh, Even though a couple came very close, it's absolutely heartbreaking. It'll take me, you know, another year or two to to write the other two books in the trilogy so we can sell them all at once. Um, And will you please support me? And a ton of people did, which is incredible. I I did also. That gives me chills. It was amazing. I did. I will say it wasn't just, you know, support me. It was, um, I have a book of illuminated letters <laughs> that, that I was making at the same time. And, um, one of the, the enticements I gave people to sign up was that their name would go in that book. And so a bunch of people signed up and they would get discounts on the book when it came out. So that became an enticement, but no, they, they saved my ass and they're the reason the book exists. And I tell them that all the time because I keep thinking that they don't really understand that that's the truth. Just, you know, that to be nice. It's like the book exists because of them. And so that's why the acknowledgments is 6,000 words long. (laughs) And then it should be 6,000 words long. We should be allowed to thank who we need to thank. Yes. Yes. And I point the the publishers are looking at the book and going, What's another six thousand words when it's already this big? It's it's not like oh we're gonna save a tree. No, the trees. Oh, are there's the water damage. Water. Sorry, we're no, okay. already there. <laughs> half of that book is just acknowledgement. Just kidding. Like half of it's acknowledgement and glossary. The other half. That's why it didn't feel that long when I read it because no, just <laughs> no, no. The, I mean, acknowledgement no, and glossary take up a big chunk, right? Um, and I was, you know, I was very grateful and happy when my editor agreed. So did you have the same editor for The Girl in the Road and this? Different different publishers? Different editors, different different publishers. Um, uh, So this this one is being published by Harper Voyager. Yeah. And the previous one was by Crown Publishing, which actually no longer exists. (laughs) So Did it get absorbed or did it just fade away into the universe? I'm actually not sure, but I know my editor. Combo of both. Yeah. Yeah. Mars stuff, isotopes. (laughs) No. It it uh, sublimated into the atmosphere. Um, no, but the the editor who was there, who's the editor of The Girl on the Road, went to Flatiron. So he's a got it. Yeah. So she's good. She's somewhere. He, yes. he, he's Everybody's he good. did not become part of the atmosphere. Just clarifying that he's no, not. He's very yeah, much incarnate still. Uh, um, you've been amazing. I hate to just like, like we're, we're out of time. Oh, we are. We are at the 35 minute mark. We are good. We're at the 35 minute mark. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about the screenwriting. Like, can you tell us, tell us, like, can you tell us what? It's okay to, or or just very quick 20 questions. I I can tell you, I can tell you that I wrote my first feature length screenplay. It was based on a play 
that I wrote, Valentino's Yellow Speedo. And it uh, is, it's a comedy about a polyamory cult at the Olympics. Um, yes. <laughs> a fictional uh, oh, oh I was like, please. <laughs> I know. I in, in the Olympics, <laughs> yeah, the name has completely changed. And that has been out and getting and, and just been generating tons of meetings with executives <sighs> and producers, which is super exciting. And um, I am working on my first pitch right now. And I think that's about all I can say. That's all you can say. That's fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> very excited about polyamory cult at the. At the, at the olympics because i would be happy to send you oh uh, yes i'm sorry <laughs> we'd read it i shouldn't have like been so freakishly like yes we want that i mean that's that's what that's the response we that we want that. yeah just, we want that yeah well, and we haven't read any of it yet because otherwise my first question is dreamcasting go who's the lead i know oh, I tom like- okay tom hiddleston or lee pace i <gasps> want them to be the one of them to be the messiah figure arturo tarantino Okay, Tom I feel Hiddleston. like we need to have Monica back for like a special holiday episode of Vox Vomitus <laughs> when we're technically off and we can just like play when we're off mm-hmm. and when we can drink like eggnog and wear hideous sweaters and talk about who we want to cast in this movie. I, I have a dream cast in mind. And so just <gasps> fingers crossed it happens someday. Because normally <laughs> I, we would start asking for the actual star and I'd, I'd want to know like who plays who plays Leah and and how are you doing the the future? Because like some of the things we didn't even get into is in the future, everybody's kind of gender neutral or gender. Inter- well, well, everyone's uh, outer manifestation is intersex. Yes. Um, and that is both a religious tradition and a biological imperative that's sort of calcified into religious tradition. Um, but yeah, gender is... Uh, on a compass actually one of four and people sort of place themselves on that compass also yeah, there are mermaids there are mermaids also there's and mermaids that, for those of you gender. watching who were like uh but are there mermaids there are mermaids, there are mermaids. <laughs> mermaid is a gender but yeah. it's a monera yeah. yeah so slightly different. oh so thank you thank you so much i hate thank you to, <laughs> thank you for uh telling us about the olympics i'm excited about that I mean, just just email me and we'll... Yes. As I'm like, no, yeah, expect that. <laughs> okay, awesome. You're in box. Thank you, everybody who is joining us live or is watching us on the replay. Thank you to Roman and Pam at the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, which this is a copywritten podcast of. Please stay tuned next week when we have Jane Ward with The Aftermath. See, I'm like, without even looking at my notes. I remembered her name, Jane Ward with the aftermath. Monica, thank you for being here. Thank you so Allison, much. Allison, of course, Allison, it was lovely to talk to you. Bye.